Welcome to Track to the Future, an Array Technologies podcast and your source for insight into utility-scale PV tracking innovation. We'll be discussing thoughtful engineering, plant reliability and performance, and new developments in solar tracking. Join us for industry trends, expert opinions, and more, lighting the way to a brighter, smarter future. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Track to the Future, a podcast from the experts at Array Technologies, the solar industry's partner of choice for robust, reliable, and innovative tracking solutions guaranteed to deliver the lowest cost of ownership. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Now, today's episode is going to tackle a topic that I just actually mentioned, and we're going to look at claims that are being made in the market that mowing and cleaning means that DuraTrack is a higher cost tracker for long-term O&M. So we'll have our moderator, Travis Rose, ask our guest today if that is in fact the case. Let's meet the cast of characters making up this episode of the podcast. First of all, you know him well. He's our moderator for this episode. It's Travis Rose, Vice President of Sales for North America at Array. And then also joining us today is Michael Corio, Sales Leader of International Markets at Array Technologies. So we welcome both of them to the podcast today. Let me turn things over to Travis. He's going to take it away and guide this conversation today. Travis? Welcome, Michael. Great to have you, and uh, thanks for joining us from down under. Thanks, Travis. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, before we begin, let's briefly outline today's agenda. We're going to start out by covering cleaning and mowing strategies for utility-scale PV solar plants and how these tasks fit into an overall long-term strategy to reduce operations and maintenance costs. We'll have an informative discussion of how Array clients typically implement cleaning and mowing strategies and hopefully impart some O&M wisdom to the audience. We'll set the record straight on some fairly profound market misperceptions about trackers from Array. We'll outline the cleaning and mowing efficiency of centralized designed trackers versus trackers with a distributed row architecture. And finally, we will review how mundane maintenance tasks like cleaning and mowing can profoundly affect plant profitability. This will be highlighted by research conducted through third-party engineers at both TUV and RENA on how DuraTrack, Array's single-access tracker, reduces long-term lifetime operation expenses by up to 42%. So with that out of the way, let's kick off the questions with our special guest, Michael Corio. Michael, tell us what are the key challenges of cleaning and ground maintenance of utility scale solar PV plants? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Travis. The one thing when it comes to cleaning and mowing is no two sites are the same. You know, speaking from experience here in Australia, when you look around the country, you have sites that are in you know, very arid desert locations where little to no vegetation grows. You have sites up in Queensland in the tropics where you get uh, extremely rapid vegetation growth. And then you have different rates of soiling around the nation. So some sites are near coal mines where you get a lot of soiling. Other sites are in areas that get rainfall periodically. So there's really no need to clean. So I guess all I can say is that it really depends on your specific site's parameters and and the environment that the solar farm is located in. Yeah, similar to Australia, you, the U.S. sees the the same thing, Michael. It, we we have have such a varying degree of of site conditions, 
varying degrees of what uh, what sites are are actually close to. You mentioned factories. You, there's cities, other uh, other pollutants, and then you know just just other overall areas where uh, where where soiling can can take place. And you know that's the that's one of the challenges, as you mentioned, is there's there's just such diversity in many of the the sites, both in in the U.S. and and Australia. Even when we get out of those those type of of regions, you have the the, the varying conditions of of the deserts in the uh, uh, in the Middle East, um, things like that that uh, that that causes causes soiling and and, uh, and ground maintenance requirements. What overall concerns your clients most about this, Michael? I'd say the two main concerns are really around mowing and maintaining the vegetation. You know, what kind of effective strategies are available that are cost effective to minimize labor costs to maintain and keep vegetation from growing into the tracking system. And then the other big point of contention is around cleaning. So things like how often should a customer clean? What kind of strategies should they use to clean the solar farm? And, you know, both of these things depend on a variety of factors, namely the frequency of these activities. So how often do you have to mow the solar farm? How often are you planning to clean? As well as, you know, the location of the solar farm. Is the solar farm in a very remote location where it costs a lot of money to send crews to perform this work? And, and kind of what, what sort of strategies you develop? Because remember, this is going to be a 30-year asset. And it really requires a lot of planning in terms of putting together a cost-effective strategy to maintain this asset for 30 years. Yeah, the costs seem to be key, Michael. And, and the costs of cleaning and mowing, what, what impact have you seen that have on, on your, your specific customers? It's quite interesting. I, I would say generally in Australia, much like the U.S., most sites only clean maybe once or twice a year at most. This is generally because, you know, as long as you get a decent rain um, and you're able to deploy effective strategies such as moving the tracking system to a more angled position at nighttime to take advantage of rain flows to clean panels, you know, th those kind of things really help in terms of minimizing the necessity of cleaning. However, you know, on the, on the opposite end, you have sites that are near, as you said, industrial facilities, coal mines where you get a lot more dust cover on the panels and you may have to clean actually every two months. So you really see a wide range of, of need on the cleaning side. And on the vegetation management side, it's very similar as well based on your location. So those are the two areas that I think my customers are concerned about. You know, how do we maintain this asset in a cost-effective way? And, and it really comes down to understanding your site and understanding what you're going to be facing in the future. We've seen a lot of sites in the U.S. where cleaning and, and vegetation control don't go hand in hand. They're kind of uh, they're kind of opposite. So, for example, in the the U.S. Southeast, where you get you get a lot of rain, so there's not a lot of cleaning module cleaning requirements. However, that rain lends itself to lush vegetation and much more mowing required. On the flip side, in the the Southwest U.S. deserts. Uh, 
you don't have uh, as much mowing requirements because you're, of course, in a desert and there's not as not as much vegetation. However, with with blowing dust and, and sand, you do have more of a uh, a cleaning necessity and also not uh, not a lot of rain to to clean the panels. So it's it's interesting how those forces sometimes are are working against each other depending on where your uh, your your site is actually actually located. So let, let's talk about centralized tracker designs versus decentralized trackers. Why is, is Array's DuraTrack centralized design? How is it not a problem for cleaning and mowing? Yeah, good question, Travis. Well, let me take a step back and just describe the three common ways that people clean modules. So the first way is a tr kind of traditional way, which is a manual cleaning. This is often where you see people with backpack units with hoses connected to a water tank they walk up and down the rows in the north-south direction and clean the panels, usually with a squeegee or some sort of tool. You know, that's kind of the old-school way of cleaning solar farms. Then we move on to more mechanized equipment. So the other method that we see sometimes in the field are, is tractor cleaning, where essentially they drive a tractor between the rows. You have two large lever arms that clean the panels. You know, to be honest, that sort of method is becoming rather outdated as time goes on. There's a lot of issues with tractor cleaning, especially around maintaining the, the ground between the rows. You effectively have to ensure that all of the ground between each row is essentially a road because you don't want that tractor to hit a pothole or, or hit a divot because it can potentially break modules with those long uh, lever arms. Additionally, you know, there are some disadvantages to tractor cleaning, namely when you're driving a large vehicle between the rows, you're often kicking up dust as you go. So it's a bit counterintuitive to do a wet cleaning while you're kicking up dust behind the wet cleaning. And so what we've seen in the marketplace are people looking for more innovative kind of future strategies on how to maintain these solar farms without, you know, the use of all this heavy equipment, without the risk of breaking modules. And, and just trying to find that optimal balance between labor costs and machines. Now, the third way, and one that I believe we're seeing more and more of in Australia and around the world, is the use of semi-automatic robotic cleaning solutions. So obviously, everyone would love to put uh, a robot on every row and have it clean completely autonomously. Certainly, that's the goal and where the technology is headed, but today, you have a number of providers who are building these machines and who are in, innovating on the technology side um, to drive down costs and increase scale. The most common method we see is kind of a, an in-between method, a semi-automatic approach to cleaning. So typically, because in Australia, you generally only clean once or twice a year, when you do clean, you have to do a wet cleaning uh, because that's the most effective way to clean a solar farm. So what they do is they have a big water truck, so your water supply is centralized. They tow a trailer behind the water truck that maybe has eight of these little semi-automatic robotic cleaning units on it. And they'll drive along the access road in the east-west direction between two blocks of trackers. And what will happen is somebody will jump out and put four of these robotic units on four rows to their left, four on four rows to their right, these semi-automatic robotic units traverse to the end of the rows. Because Array Technologies is one of the only tracking systems that has no gaps or protrusions along a row, 
these robotic units are able to traverse to the end of the rows, which are typically, you know, 90 to up to 120 meters in length. They're able to come back to the center. The water truck would move up and then they would clean the next eight rows. So in essence, you know, what you have is a very efficient way of cleaning. It's also a very elegant way of, you know, getting the dust off the panels with a wet clean without kicking up and disturbing a lot of debris. And it also significantly reduces your labor costs as well. You know, that's really the future of cleaning, and it's a future that Array Technologies is prepared for. So as far as centralized technology, like uh, like the Duratrack from Array Technologies, it, it seems like there's a market misconception that centralized design is not optimal for cleaning and, and mowing. Based on what you've said thus far, that, that, seems, that seems counterfactual. What, what's your... What's your take on the origin of this this uh, this misperception and and uh, what's the what's the real truth? Yeah, well, the real truth is the fact that we link the rows is actually one of our biggest strengths when it comes to reducing maintenance costs for our customers over a thirty year lifespan. So, so maybe I'll just take a step back and and talk about that. There's some major differences between the approach of array technologies, which is uh, using our lightweight rotating driveline to link the rows versus a distributed technology or tracker where you have um, independent rows that are unlinked. The main difference is when you do unlink the rows and have a distributed type architecture, what that means is you have to have a motor at every row, a controller, a battery, a charge controller. So the proliferation of these electromechanical devices at every row is quite significant. In fact, just to give you some numbers, for a 100 megawatt solar farm, you, have, you would have upwards of 20,000 electromechanical devices, motors, and batteries to power a 100 megawatt solar farm with that independent row type system. With array technologies for the same size site, you would only have 150 motors and controllers. So that's the major difference here. And when we're looking at O&M over, over a 30 year lifetime, the strategy of Array Technologies has always been to focus on simplicity, use mechanical solutions wherever possible, and eliminate as many of these electromechanical devices as we can, because we know over the life of the asset, those are the failure points in the system. You know, those are the things that you're going to have to fix, pay for, and replace over 30 years. Now, when it comes to cleaning and mowing, you know, it's, it's a very common misconception that the only way to clean a solar farm is through tractor cleaning. In fact, we've recently introduced in our product a quick disconnect driveline that enables you to disconnect the driveline between rows within five seconds on either end. It's a nice spring-loaded push button that's very easy to, to un unhook from the next row. So if you do decide to go the tractor cleaning route, you can get row access and traverse in the north-south direction quite easily with Array. But, you know, there, there's a misconception around centralized architecture being that, oh, because you link the rows, there's no way to traverse down the row. And there's not a really effective way to mow between the rows because you can't, you know, go in one motion from the southern end to the northern end of a, of a row. To be honest, the row spacing between two, two trackers is typically four and a half to seven and a half meters. I have yet to see in this market a mowing system that can extend across the entire row 
that can cut underneath the foundation piles and get the grass around the piles in an effective way in one, one go. Typically, these mowers have to make at least two passes between a row in order to get all the vegetation. Again, it's really about looking at the technology you're using and what strategies you're deploying. Typically, what I see with our system is most people don't, don't really even feel the need to disconnect the drive lines. They essentially drive the mower up to the drive line. They turn around and do the other half of the, the row. And then they move on to the next row and, and do half, come up to the drive line, turn around, kind of like a snake in and out. And then they come around the other side and do that on the, the opposite side. So essentially by doing that, there's no wasted space. They're not mowing over the same piece of grass twice. And it's just as effective as having a seven meter mower and actually more effective when you think about cutting the grass under the piles to maintain your solar farm. Yeah, we, we also see with with robotic mowers, they're even they're even less wide. And so their their turning radius is is uh, is even better than a than a tractor mower. So uh, not only can can they potentially go under the drive line of a of an array tracker, uh, they can also turn even even easier via the row spacing of the of the the, the tracker. So we'll talk about it a little bit um, a little bit later. But between tractor and robotic mowing. It really is a mis- misconception that there are issues with with row spacing on a on a centralized tracker system that doesn't allow effective mowing for uh, for those sites. Absolutely, Michael. You mentioned the detachable drive line with the the array Duratrack system previously when you were discussing mowing. Can you go into a little more detail for the the audience of of uh, what that uh, what that part entails and and how a uh, how a site can utilize that for more optimal mowing? Yeah, absolutely, Travis. So really here at Array Technologies, you know, we don't want to tell our customers exactly what strategies they should use on their solar farm because we know, you know, every strategy is different. Every customer has different preferences in terms of the style of maintenance and how they want to execute their day-to-day activities. So what we've done is we've developed a quick-release driveline As I mentioned previously, you can disconnect it from either end in about five seconds. There's a spring-loaded push button that's very easy to push and disconnect the driveline. And we've developed this to to give our customers customers more options in the field. If they'd like to use tractor cleaning, they can easily disconnect the driveline and drive through the rows with ease. And again, you know, we believe there are better solutions, especially as we move forward in terms of semi-automatic robotic cleaning solutions. But I guess we're focused on adapting to our customers' needs and offering our customers a wide array of options when it comes to maintenance. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about maintenance, a little bit more about O and M. In addition to easy cleaning and mowing, which asset owners see as a kind of an evil necessity of, of, uh, of operating a site. What other benefits does the Array Duratrack offer for lowering long-term O&M and, and related costs around that? You know, there's a lot of focus from our customers around cleaning and mowing. Obviously, we know that's important. It's a kind of a fixed cost that people have to estimate and bake into a financial model before the, the power plant is built. However, something that's often overlooked and extremely important is the break-fix replacement costs of a tracking system over the 30-year life of the solar farm. I mean, 
I think we can all agree 30 years is quite a long time for anything to be maintained and last and be in good functioning condition. You know, there hasn't been a lot of history in terms of solar farms being in the ground for extensive periods of time. In fact, Array Technologies is one of the only tracking system providers that have had our utility scale tracker in the ground for over 12 years. And really, the true test of a tracking system is how it performs over a long period of time. Now, I mentioned previously that Array's approach to operations and maintenance was all about simplicity. So we believe at Array Technologies that the key to ensuring high uptime and low maintenance costs over the 30-year life of the solar farm is all about reducing potential failure points in the system. And by you know utilizing mechanical solutions and getting away from having a proliferation of batteries, electronics, motors to move the tracker, um, we can ensure that our customers will have a low maintenance profile for that extremely long period of time of 30 years. It's interesting when you take a look at the numbers. I mentioned that our system for a roundabout 100 megawatt solar farm only has about 150 motors and controllers. Those are the only electromechanical components on that entire 100 megawatt solar farm for the tracking system. Independent row systems, because they're unlinked, require over 20,000 motors, batteries, and electronics distributed at every row across the site in order to ensure those trackers can, can track the sun. You know, I think many of our customers have been hearing me talk about simplicity and number of components. And, you know, you talk to any tracking company, they're going to tell you they have low maintenance and high uptime. So here at Array Technologies, we always value the opinion of experts, and we really look to validate our own assumptions through third parties who have an independent look at, you know, some of our, our innovations and in the way we go about designing our tracking system. So we engaged TUV Rhineland some time ago to do an analysis of O&M on the array tracking system architecture versus an independent row style tracking system. It was quite interesting the way they did the study. They essentially looked at both tracking systems and they said, let's equalize all the motor and controller lifetimes on both systems. So we're not even gonna look at the quality of the components, the difference in component um, types that each system is using. Let's equalize those variables and let's give the battery on the independent row system a seven year life. Because as we know, independent row systems have to have a battery at every row to provide power to the tracking system to move um, in the event that it, there's cloudy weather or some issue. So what TV found was when looking at both these systems over 30 years, array technologies was four US cents per watt less in brake fix maintenance costs over the 30 year life of the system. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, four cents a watt, that sounds fairly arbitrary. Let's break that down a bit. If you have a, a 100 megawatt solar farm, you could roughly say that it, it, for the tracking system, including foundations and shipping, it may be around $10 million. Could be higher, could be lower, depending on module wattages, et cetera. But let's just assume for this exercise, it's about 10 million. What TUV found was that with an independent row system, you will spend 4 million more dollars over 30 years fixing, replacing, maintaining, you know, 20,000 electromechanical devices versus the array system, which only has 150 motors and controllers. 
So that's essentially 40% of your total capital cost additional being spent on maintenance activities to maintain this distributed system architecture, you know, versus if you had gone with the array system. Keep in mind that analysis is based on the idea that all of the components on both types of systems are the same. So one of the real benefits of the array technology system is because we have so few motors and controllers, we can afford to buy the best. So we source high quality industrial grade motors and controllers that come from Germany. We factory test every one in our facility in the US. And so we can further de-risk the asset for our customers over a 30 year lifespan. So that's just a good example of the differences between the array system and an independent row system. And it's, it's a lesson that a lot of asset owners are learning the hard way. I think that, as I mentioned, you know, these systems have not been in the ground for more than 12 years at most. And there's a lot of learning to be had in terms of how long are these trackers going to actually last? Because I can guarantee that many of the systems on the market today will not last 30 years. Yeah, many, many systems on the market today, they have... 10 to, to 20 year warranties from companies that haven't even been around more than, than five or six years. So that's, that's always a, a, a risky choice by, uh, by some, some sites. Michael, let's kind of talk outside the box a little bit about uh, other ways of, of, uh, of vegetation control, the future of, of vegetation control. So what about robotics? What, uh, what are you seeing from your customers or out in, uh, out in Australia on, the, on robotic cleaning and mowing? So it's a really interesting question, Travis, and certainly an area of maintenance around solar farms that I'm quite interested in. Essentially, what we're seeing in the marketplace is a revolution in terms of vegetation management and cleaning. One thing that we've seen in the market is a number of semi-automatic robotic cleaning systems being developed by many companies in the sector. You know, these are lightweight units that can be placed on a row. They can run along the edge of the row, so they grip the module frames um, and or, you know, have different approaches to traversing down to the end of the row and back to the, the center of the row. And, you know, there's a lot of different approaches. There's some units that are specifically designed for dry cleaning. So places like the Middle East, you know, their biggest concern is not using water and the frequency of cleaning having to be every couple of weeks. So then you have units that are really optimized for climates like North America and Australia, where you may only clean once or twice a year. So obviously, if you clean that infrequently, you're going to do a wet cleaning. And another area that I find really interesting is actually semi-automatic or fully automatic robotic mowing solutions. I just had a, a meeting with a company two weeks ago that's developing an autonomous robotic mower and essentially pre-programming in the GPS coordinates of every foundation pile in the solar farm with the goal being that eventually you can have these units and much like a Roomba in your house, set them in the field. They know where all of the obstacles are in terms of where the, the foundation posts are and then they can use that kind of knowledge to automatically mow the solar farm with as little human intervention as possible. The unique thing about these robotic mowers as well is all of the, the autonomous units, they, they're able to run in the north-south direction under the panels. 
So you don't have as many of the issues around, oh, well, you know, can they go east to west? How many passes are we going to have to make to cut all the grass? Because they can efficiently go underneath the modules in the north-south direction. So these are the kind of innovations that we're starting to see in the marketplace. You know, maybe seven, eight years ago were kind of uh, ideas on paper. They're now being implemented at at a commercial scale and definitely watch this space because it's it's going to be the future of mowing and cleaning for solar farms. And I think that Array Technologies' approach of designing a system that has no gaps or protrusions and thinking about the future of cleaning will enable our customers to be ready and have a system that's compatible with all of those strategies for maintenance. In the U.S., we aren't seeing robotic cleaners so much as we're seeing uh, robotic mowers. And the great news for, for us at Array Technologies is essentially with these these new technologies in, in mowing, because they can run east-west or north-south with the uh, underneath the modules, and because at least the, the robotic mowers that, uh, that I'm familiar with here in, in North America, they have a low enough profile where they for the most part, can run under the drive line as well. So they're they're fully compatible with the the array technologies tracker. And kind of to, to your point, Michael, we're seeing some really cool, really innovative technology around these these uh, robotic mowers. A couple examples: one one company here in the in the U.S. Um, they use remote controls for uh, for mowing. So uh, essentially. You have a uh, a single operator that can mow the entire field from uh, from one location um, using a remote control to get up close to the to the posts and uh, eliminate as much vegetation as possible. And similar to the the uh, the company you were mentioning, GPS based robotic mowing is is becoming more prevalent here in the U.S. And there are a couple different companies that have have come out with kind of to to, to what you mentioned earlier, a, a Roomba type uh, mower for for uh, for solar fields. Everything is is GPS uh, based and GPS coordinated, so that includes every single post on the on the site. And then when the um, uh, when the mower, when the GPS-based mower has completed their their mowing cycle, it actually goes back to its own base, uh, plugs itself in, and uh, begins recharging its battery for the next time that it needs to to go out and mow. So, really, some 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 cool stuff out there right now. Really, some some innovative thinkers that are. Uh, that are that are managing and putting together these these technologies and these companies and at array technologies we try to stay as close to these these technologies as possible because as i mentioned it's it's fairly natural that they would be compatible with with our system and we want to make sure that we're on the cutting edge of making sure that uh, anything that does come out new is is immediately compatible with with our trackers so so that's that's robots uh what about more uh more kind of old school, Michael. What about uh, solar grazing? What's your what's your favorite livestock? Yeah, you know, um, I was just thinking that, Travis. I'm glad you brought it up. So there are a number of sites here in Australia. In fact, some of our earliest sites in western New South Wales, where they have flocks of merino sheep that they deploy on these sites. And essentially, you know, the sheep get fed and get to eat all the grass and the solar farm owners don't have to worry so much about mowing and maintenance because the sheep take care of a lot of the vegetation. 
it's really important that if you do take that kind of old school approach that you look at the type of sheep or animals that you're going to have grazing in your solar farm. You know, you definitely don't want goats because they'll eat everything in sight, including the grass. And there's certain types of sheep that actually are, are much better in terms of sheep that are less likely to chew on anything but the vegetation. You know, here in Australia, the, the sheep of choice is really a merino sheep. And, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting approach. I think as solar farms become more and more prevalent around the, the globe, many of these agricultural operations are looking to integrate kind of a dual functionality out of having a solar farm. So, you know, can we graze livestock and also incorporate some agriculture into, into our solar farm as well? So it's quite an interesting area. And, and as more and more solar farms become built, the question of how do we accomplish uh, two things at once is becoming more prevalent. Thanks, Michael. So let's, let's end with some, some learnings and collaborations that, uh, that you have from, from our customers, from your, your clients. The, the clients that you work with who you know, really shine at this, what do they do that other asset owners might, might learn from? What are they doing right? Yeah, so I think the customers that are most successful around maintenance is they really look at the specifics of their solar farm. How often, you know, does the grass grow? How quickly does the grass grow? Does it grow faster in summer and by how much? And, you know, what kind of strategies are we going to use to clean the panels? You know, have we determined that we really only need to clean once a year due to the soiling factor losses that we're seeing? things like that. So it's really important that customers look at the specifics of their solar farm and because no two solar farms are alike and just applying a blanket assumption around cleaning or mowing can result in one of two things. Either you under budget for these activities that have to be undertaken over 30 years, which you know nobody wants to be paying more for these kind of activities once they're baked into the financial model. Or the flip side is, you know, you're you're mowing and cleaning more often than you need to and, you know, wasting money that way. So it's really about finding that optimal balance specific to your particular site. You know, much like some people in the industry think, oh, a tracker's a tracker and they're all the same. It's really, there's significant differences between trackers as well as maintenance strategies. So it's really about understanding your site and developing effective strategies to tailor to your requirements or needs for that side. I think one of the most important collaborations we've had in the in the US is just educating our clients on the the fact that because there's a, a drive line that doesn't limit a even if you're using a tractor for mowing and or cleaning as we talked about earlier that doesn't limit your uh, your ability to uh, to utilize a tractor. The, the row spacing is is wide enough on virtually every site that that I've been on in the past where the uh, the tractor even a, even the largest tractor has room to uh, to maneuver still get the, uh, the, the the cutting blades close to the to the posts and, and also be able to do a, a, a full turn so you know just the, the the successful clients that we've had in the US are those that, don't believe the, the misconceptions of a, a centralized tracking system and, and the, the cleaning and mowing benefits around that. Absolutely. So, Michael, I appreciate all your, your, your feedback. As we've really seen here today, mowing and cleaning is a concern. 
and it is a it's a true cost that uh, uh, that solar site operators have to to both uh, understand and, and factor in. But a rate technologies DuraTracker it easily handles these two elements of long term asset ownership. Factoring in all elements, Array Trit Technologies DuraTrack is the lowest overall cost tracker in the market. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for another fascinating episode of Track to the Future brought to you by the experts at Array Technologies. We appreciate you joining us very much. Of course, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you go subscribe to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership from the solar experts at Array Technologies. We're constantly coming out with new episodes and we want you to make sure that you get those episodes downloaded directly on your device, whatever that device may be, and whatever service that you use to get your podcast, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you go these days. So make sure to go subscribe to the podcast today and stay tuned for more episodes coming out soon. But for our moderator, Travis Rose, our guest, Michael Corio, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us.